Welcome to the Probate Mastermind Podcast. These episodes are recorded live once a week and are hosted by the AllTheLeads.com coaches. Agents, investors, and wholesalers join the coaches for everything from marketing tips, sales psychology, life deal analysis, transaction engineering, advanced real estate strategy, and personal development. You will learn to get more listings, more deals, and find financial freedom by listening to these episodes. Be sure to catch show notes at AllTheLeads.com slash podcast and join our free Facebook mastermind community, All The Leads Mastermind. Welcome to our illustrious agents and investors from across the country. Today is Thursday. Tim, stop laughing at my description. Thursday, February 24th, 2021, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 316. And I hear Tim chuckling. I have a different adjective every week. And uh, if, you ever, if you ever lose your thesaurus, we won't be able to do these anymore. That's right. All right, guys. And we do have two people in the queue. Actually, we have three now. Please jump in now. Don't get left out. Hit star six and then hit one. And let's go ahead to go to the first person in the queue this week. You are up first, 0727. You're up first. This is Jonathan Hawkins from Dallas, Texas. How's everyone doing today? Doing great, Jonathan. Really good, Jonathan. If you're in Texas, if you're in Texas yeah. you must have power, right? I have power. We have, we have water. We didn't have we didn't have it at all times, but we're we're good now. Yeah. We're very but we're all we all empathize with you. We're, I'm from Florida, and it's like hurricane season for us. When you lose power, it's no fun. So glad to hear you. I saw when I when I was able to get power back, I checked my email, and I saw this beautiful email about foundations. That's one, and I hadn't been on a call in in a, in a little bit, so I just wanted to uh, just get some information real quick from you guys about foundations because I did register for it, and just I was just excited because something new was coming out. So what? Yeah, awesome. that, sure, this Bruce, is this is hilarious. Jim, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? No, please go ahead. Okay. All right. The reason it's uh, the reason it's hilarious is because we weren't sure if we were going to broadcast foundations on this call or not. We came up with a little game plan. And said maybe later in the call, if somebody asks about foundations, we can mention it. At the uh, moment, this is it's brand new. This first go round is going to be this upcoming Wednesday. And it's only going to be for subs this Wednesday just because it's going to be my first time. This is Bruce, by the way, my first time teaching it. And I'm ecstatic about it. If you are a non-sub, a non-all-the-lead subscriber, probably not today, but at some point this week, go ahead and and call our, our sales line and get on the list. You can certainly take the class. But right now, it's just for subscribers. Essentially what it is, I've been doing coaching calls for the company for almost a year now, and inevitably, all of those calls go to very similar foundational topics. And if you're waiting to really kick your phone calls off and your mail off until you have the foundation perfected, it might take you months of waiting on me and the next monthly phone call. So we've just decided to go ahead and pack all of those foundational topics into one class taught twice a month. And then on the alternating weeks, we're going to be doing kind of high-level role-play calls. So four Wednesdays every single month, we're going to be doing some some really foundational, getting into the, the details on building out your probate business. So, that, Jonathan, that's what that class is going to be all about. I'm glad you're signed up. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Yes. Really excited. Awesome. And the only thing I would add to that, Jonathan, uh, if you're a brand new subscriber, even before you come on the Foundations class, we're getting ready to release 
we have our fast track videos. We're going to be releasing a new version of them, but go listen to the fast track videos first. Some people want to know everything before they do anything, and some people are like me. They're more of a ready, fire, aim. But whichever you are, additional education and training certainly is going to help. So even before the foundation's training, if you can watch the fast track videos, take the foundation's training, and but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to start. You can't get started sooner if you're comfortable with it, but it's going to certainly add to your knowledge level much quicker than the past. So we, I think we, I think we appreciate you asking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a good question. No, so, wait. I've been through mastery. Okay. Good, because I've, I've been through probate mastery a couple times, good. and I'm always looking to get better, always looking to, to increase my, my edge and show it up. I was like, oh, ooh, good. Hey, I'm all, I can never learn too much and not implement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, just I for those of you it. guys who are listening, and Jonathan, for you as well, I, I just want to repeat this first go-round is for subs only. Our subscriber, and I keep saying subs, forgive me, we're doing the internal dialogue here, <laughs> all the lead subscribers here. It reminds me of when I worked in the restaurant industry and we used to tell someone it was 86, 86th and they had no idea what that meant. Our subscribers, this will be ongoing and will be free. If you are not a subscriber, there will be a small fee to, to join in on this. And you that'll basically kick off for you guys here in a couple of weeks. Just be on the lookout in your email box. If you are not a subscriber getting our leads, just be watching your email over the next few weeks, and we'll roll it out to you guys as well. Really, there's going to be, if you've taken Mastery, this is going to be a little bit of a different spin. It won't be as in-depth as Mastery, but it's going to really drill on those foundational pieces that a lot of times people just get stuck on and they want to have perfected before they really get into their, their prospecting efforts. So we're going to drill really hard on these foundational pieces of your business and get you guys up, up to speed. And my anticipation is a lot faster with your leads going through this class. And just to add to that, Bruce, it's going to be a Zoom call, so you can either have your mug on the camera or you can just use your profile picture. But but some of the calls will have a question and answer opportunity at the end, also, Bruce. It is going to be live right. interaction as well as a yep. as, as well as a taught class. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Any other questions, Jonathan? Appreciate you bringing. I appreciate that. That's it. All right. We only have one Jim, more. Like, Go ahead, Jim. Jim. You wanted to say something? Yeah. The one thing I was going to say is that. This is a really good time to remind everybody, whether you're a subscriber or you're a person who joins our calls as a non-subscriber and uses this as an opportunity to learn, so we want to make sure that you're getting our emails. So know that at least once a week or more, you're getting an email from us talking about something that we're doing, announcing a call, giving a summary of a call or whatever. If you're not getting our emails, you need to look in your uh, spam filter and make sure that you promote those to your inbox or go into your whitelist on your your client, whatever you're using to get email, and whitelist all the leads.com so that you receive our information. And Tim, your raspy connection is coming and going. It, it just came back again at the end. You might want to sign back in, but we understood what you said. Okay, well, make sure they did if it wasn't clear. Okay, yes. I could understand it, Bruce. Could you? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think we need to repeat it. We're good. All right. We only have one more person in the queue, and I know this guy can talk, but we don't want to put pressure on him to, to go for 45 minutes. So please, guys, don't be shy. Hit star six and hit one and get in there now. In the meantime, next up is phone number ending in 0055.
you're up next. Hey, fellas, and yes, I can go for 45 minutes, so no one knows. Then I got you covered for the rest of the call. All right. I got about two or three things. And, of course, these are also mostly things that always can, I'm always looking for chinks in the arm to improve everybody's system. So first question is, shouldn't we do, we're doing a fam, familytransitions.com type of uh, website and trying to position ourselves. Have you ever considered or tell me why not to do a .org instead of .com? And tell me why we shouldn't say my organization and as opposed to my company. Isn't it more powerful to say my organization rather than my team, or I have a team in the local community. Isn't it better to say, I have an organization that exists to support executors like yourself, and as part of that, we have a local, we have a, we put together a team. Does that, please respond to that, and I'll go over the other couple of things. Sure. I'm going to beat up on you for a second really quickly, and I trust that you'll take everything that I say lightly, way overthinking it. It's basically what you're doing, no matter what you say, whether you say organization, team, whether you're using a .com or a .org, whatever it is, uh, your brand is what you create. Your brand and the, the credibility that you build with your marketing and your phone calls and, and your websites and blogs and everything is going to have uh, everything to do with consistency and what you tell people matters. If you tell them that you only want to do business with someone who has a team and you say it consistently and over time, uh, you'll build credibility in that message. If you tell someone that you only want to do business with an individual with a .com website and you do that consistently and over time, you're going to build credibility in that message. cannot uh, tell you why .org is better or as good as a .com. And the same with the, the same vice versa. And I can't tell you why doing this as an organization versus a team is better or worse. It just simply isn't. Whatever you choose, well, you're just going to choose it, and you're going to drive that point home consistently over time. Let me make a point there. Dot orgs are typically used and reserved for nonprofit organizations, non NGOs, open source projects, pure education, and if you do that and you're not that, people will assume you're masquerading them and trying to trick them. Everything Bruce said is correct, but you don't want to use a .org for what you're doing for any reason. You're not a, you're not in that realm. Thanks for clarifying, and that's why I asked that. I wanted that clarification. Great job. So here's my next question, because if we're all doing this, you hung up on every now and again. My question to you, is there a way to, is there a way or a, a, a line or something to let executors know that they have a fiduciary responsibility to not hang up the phone on someone, especially if they could net them more money. They're just hanging up the phone when you might even be able to give somebody a better offer or have a buyer that makes a better offer or, or just whatever. Is there a way to not, I'm not, please, please don't think I'm, I want you to tell me how to threaten the executor that I'm going to go to his heirs and say, hey, look, I could have done this and, and then have brothers and sisters fighting with each other. I'm just wondering, is there a way to to correctly and politely say, hey, you, you've got to hear me out. This is your role. And I don't, you guys are the masters at this. I don't know how to make that come off my my tongue. Some people are simply not going to want to talk at, at, at times. And it's mainly, it's not because of your offer and it's not because they don't need what you do. It's probably because they've just built up a wall that that they put up for any anybody that calls them. Generally telling someone in the very beginning of the conversation that, look, 
I, I really don't know if what I'm doing is going to benefit you or not. It might be irrelevant, but if you give me 30 to 60 seconds, I can tell you some of the, the value that I can bring, and then I'll let you decide if it's worth another conversation now or later. And at least going in with an approach like that on the phone specifically, it's normally when presented confidently, it's almost always going to get them to at least hear you out. Now, the other thing that we have to recognize is it does not eliminate their resistance. If somebody calls me and I don't know them and they present an amazing case and it's something that I need, it doesn't mean that I'm going to roll over and say, yes, I was just waiting on your call. I need you to come out and list my house right now. They're dealing with a lot of other things, but the, the trick is just getting them to hear your short little USP or your short elevator pitch. And I've found that the best way to do that is to give them power in the beginning. Give them the power to tell you at the end of your presentation, at the end of your pitch, that it's not for them. Very few people are going to give you a hard and definitive, it's not for me statement. Very few. But at least they feel that power and they don't feel like you're just there to be an overpowering salesperson that's going to, uh, that, that, that exudes commission breath with every word that you say. And, and just so you know, I've been experiencing they are not giving me that, that time. They are saying, they are not knowing what they're saying no to. That's exactly why I'm, I'm bringing this up. I am doing the, do you think I can take maybe 30 seconds to tell you some of the ways that I can help, and then I'll let you decide if it's worth a further conversation, exactly what you talk. And, yeah. and do you lead by saying what I do? Do you lead by saying what I do might be relevant to you and it might be irrelevant? Do you let them understand that you're not trying to presume that, that you have every answer for them? It's word for word. I don't know if all of what I do is going to be relevant to you. Do you think I can take maybe 30 seconds to tell you some of the ways mm -hmm. I can help them and let you decide if it's worth a further conversation? Word for word. So that's why I'm just looking for some, give me an extra, some kind of rabbit to pull out of a hat to, you know, what else can I do? And if and when there is ever a time to to bring up, it's, it's a tough responsibility, I know, as an executor, and it is a fiduciary responsibility. I don't know what else to say in terms of the, in a, in the nice way. I could say it in a not nice way, but I want to know how to say it in the right way, in the nice way, in the empathetic way, to not, to bring them towards my side, to realize I'm not trying to beat them up, but I just, I'm, I, I want to help them. And that's really mm -hmm. what this is all, fighting yep. chance. Michael, what I would maybe try in the beginning before you go into it is give this a try. Give it a try where you say, look, my goal with this um, very short call is not to sell you on something. It's to have a very brief conversation, find out where you are in the process, and uh, whether or not there might be any points that you're just struggling with. I have some services that some of which are completely free that you probably don't know about. Now, I don't know if these are going to be relevant to you or not. Could I take 30 seconds and tell you about a couple of those things? Perfect. A conversation right. that my goal is not to sell you. Yeah, help, thank Mike? You. Yeah, Bruce, oh, thank you, Bruce. All right, thank you, sir. We only have two more in the queue, guys. Don't be bashful. Please jump in, hit star six, and hit one. Uh, before we start the next caller, I just wanted to remind everyone of something that we haven't paid much attention to lately. We do have a winner of the week program. And we want you guys to start sharing those with us because we all learn from each other's successes. 
And if you, if we, if the partners vote you the winner of the week, you get either a credit towards your next leads or some free historical on any market you, you choose, basically. So we try to reward you, but only two rules. It's got to be a taken listing or a done deal. And you just got to email support ahead of time. Let us know that you have a win of the week and then you got to share a, show up and share it with the group. So we're going to revive that program and start really encouraging the success stories because we all learn from them. And I just want to what do they get, Jeff? They get either a discount, $100 off their next set of leads, or a free leads in an adjoining market to theirs, free historical leads. If you want to try on an adjoining county and you want to get some leads and we have them there, we'll give you free leads for that county, or we'll give you a discount on your next set of leads. Yep. Now, if you guys can't make it to to the phone call and you have a win, email support or email me. And and I'd like to, I'll be able to present your win for you during these calls if you send them in. That's for those of you that are listening after the fact and can't make the call. And in, we're not saying, hey, I set an appointment for next Tuesday. Don't share that. But it's, you actually have to go on the appointment and get the listing to qualify for the win of the week. Lose <laughs> the deal right. or get the deal. Yep. And by the way, if you guys need to email that to me or have a conversation with me, email me at bruce at alltheleads.com. Perfect. And thank you for your patience. 0544, you're up next. Hi, guys. This is Mike Record again in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, things are really starting to come along, starting to get my groove. Just for everyone else, I listen to all the well, the three-minute elevator speeches and everyone's tact. I can tell you, for me, it's getting better because I'm slowing down and pausing to listen. That's making the biggest difference no matter what jumbles out of my mouth. Slowing down and pausing to listen is helping out a lot. So uh, over time, that's how I'm maturing into this. Uh, one thing that I'm doing with Probate Plus, so I use Mojo on one tab and Probate Plus on the other tab, do a file review quickly on ATL and then make the Mojo call. It'll allow you to go one call at a time. But what I'm struggling with a little bit is when I review the lead on Probate Plus, I'm seeing right away that I've got either a husband or wife situation. My question is, is there a different tack to take other than saying, what are you guys going to do? Have you decided what you're going to do with the property? Or have you decided specifically, Miss Smith, what you're going to do with the property? Any other tax, you know, suggestions for me? Yeah, Mike, I, I really don't change my dialogue a, a whole, up a whole lot depending on who I'm talking with, it doesn't change a lot, mainly because I'm not leading with real, with a real estate question. I'm leading with a statement of value and I'm referencing real estate, but I'm also referencing other things in that statement of value. And I'll pin my real estate question onto the back of some resistance. So I wait for someone to give me that hesitation or that low or high level resistance. They, they're probably going to say something like we have it all handled or our attorney's taking care of everything, at which point you're just validating. And a lot of you guys have heard this so many times. You are, you're really validating that, uh, that resistance point that they're giving you. And then simply at the end of it saying, I completely understand. I'd love to keep in touch with you. And before I let you go, do you mind if I ask, was the real estate something you guys were keeping long term or is that something that you're thinking about selling? Go ahead. I, I got to tell you that works like magic. First of all, it takes the corrupt pressure off you to blurt something out before they hang up on you. But it turns things around. That flip turns things around like magic. It is absolutely pivotal in my, my talk with them. 
It works Great, every thanks. time, and it works on surviving spouses too, especially if you can provide it in a binary format where you're giving the alternative, keeping long-term or thinking about selling. You give that alternative, and, and they don't feel like whatever answer they give you is a trap. Beautiful. That's what the nugget I was looking for. Think, awesome. Say that again, That's thinking nice. long-term or... Yeah. Yeah, so normally I'm going to say, are you guys um, leaning to, do you mind if I ask one last question before I let you go? Are you guys leaning toward holding on to the property long term, or are you really thinking about eventually selling the real estate that, that was in the estate or is in the estate? And since there's not that many people in the queue, I want to tell you guys some of the psychology behind that. You'll notice that I use uh, little preliminary words and precursor phrases like thinking about and leaning toward, thinking about and leaning toward. Because the last thing someone wants to give you is a definitive statement where they are painting themselves into a corner. And the last thing that I want to receive as a prospector is a definitive, we are never selling. So I want them, if they're not thinking about selling, if they're going to keep real estate, I don't want them to say, we're absolutely never going to sell a house. I want them to say, we're leaning toward, or we are thinking about holding on to the property long term. And then if they're thinking about selling, the last thing they want to do is show us their cards and say, I'm definitely selling. So it gives them some flexibility and, and a good feeling to be able to say, yep, yeah, we're leaning toward eventually selling. It still gives us the information we need, but they don't feel like they're really locking themselves in with a final answer. Okay, good deal. That's the direction I needed. Thank you very much. And one last Andy, question, thanks, too, is I think I saw this on the Facebook page that someone had chimed in that they tweaked their website, and I do have your standard website all up and running. Thank you very much. That they test that it helped them to have testimonials on it. Is that available to do on the Probate Plus website? On the Probate Plus site or the? I get so caught up with your MLP stuff. I didn't watch what I was saying. The no, I'm saying, is it available? Is it an option to put? I went through it and I scoured through it. Maybe I'm missing, but. The standard off-the-shelf website that you guys provided me, that's great. It's working great as a reference website. But is there a way to do testimonials, especially in the About Us page, maybe, to let it, it, it lends credence to what we're doing? And I've already got some successes that I'd like to post up on the board as not only trophies, but credence builders. So the answer to your question is, and this kind of goes to everybody, so we have this question that we get. You, the site that you get, is, as you said, comes out of the box, equipped to do the specific things to build credibility and doesn't assume that you have testimonials or you have a lot of other things that you want to go do. And sure. the and issue with this is that anything that you want to add, you can add to it. You need to do it yourself, or if it's something that you want us to do for you, you just contact support. One of our team will get back to you and figure out what it is that you need to go do and get it squared away for you. And if it's something super simple and easy and takes a second, we'll do it. If it's something that's going to take a little bit of our time, obviously time is money and there's a small fee for it, but we're the cheapest guys in town in terms of doing this. We're here to help you. Anything you want on your site, we have people who've added a whole bunch of pages, who've added a lot of depth, who've done a lot of different things with their site. Their website's a place to start. We give it to you the way it should be to start with, and then it's up to you to modify that. People have added chat to it. People have added things that pop up. People have added a lot more information. The main thing that people see when they get on there is your 
Those are frequently asked questions, which shows you know what you're doing and gives them the ability to learn a little bit about you and all that. But testimonials are vital if you've got them. Nothing sells like the word of other people. Word of mouth is extremely important. So it's a long answer, but the answer is yes. Whatever you want, you can no. do. Okay. No, thank you for not saying no. I appreciate it. Yep. And Mike, while Absolutely. you're customizing, I encourage a lot of people, if you have any interview chops or video chops at all, start interviewing your team, whether that be an attorney or a contractor or clean-out crew, whoever it is. Start interviewing them, even if it's over Zoom. You can add those Zoom videos in as content pieces into your website as well. We don't normally talk about the uh, website content and how to build uh, credibility online on this call a whole lot, but you you opened the door, Mike, so there there are a whole bunch of different things that you can add to that site. And uh, Tim, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me, but don't we give them the back-end login to their WordPress site? You get the keys. When you buy it, you get the keys. So if you have the tech skills and you want to go do that yourself, you can do it, and we make it easy on you. It's a WordPress website. There's nothing nothing to prevent you from doing anything that you would want to do about that, and if you need help doing it, we're here to help you either way. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it today. All right. Appreciate you participating. We have two more in the queue, guys. There's room for more. It's star six and hit one, and we're still looking for our first win of the week. Next up is phone number ending in 1495. You're up next. Hey, just wanted to piggyback on the the last caller. He had mentioned part of my question about using a dialer. I have got an accountability group that just we just started up to do basically expired SPISBOs, that kind of a thing. It's it's basically we just sign up on a Zoom and everybody can see each other and it's just again for accountability and I'm following their lead, which I've just the whole cold calling and all of that is, is brand new to me as well. Jumping in in multiple spokes, this being one of them. Can you give me a little insight about that? Because they're telling me as far as the expired areas, you just, you use the dialer, you grab who you can grab, you, you just blow through things. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like this is, that's the way I need to be handling this. And forgive me for the, just the almost ignorant questions I'm asking, but I'm just, I'm still trying to put all this together. These are so, great questions, and for every ignorant question you ask, I guarantee you just saved about 100 people that are going to listen to this or are <laughs> listening the same from asking the same question. So they're, they are thankful. How many probate leads are you getting? All I have right now is historic intention was to subscribe last week, and I, under the, con- the contingency that I was able to move some uh, obligations that I had with some other real estate related things that I'm involved in. And that's taking longer than I expected. So I hope by the end of next week to be able to subscribe, I just cannot get them to release me yet. And so it's a little, it's just something I did not expect was going to happen. So I'm in a, I'm in a limbo. So I'm trying to make hay while I'm in limbo. Jim and Tim are both going to kill me for uh, bringing this back up again. But if you can sign up before Tuesday, then you'll get the you'll be able to plug into the Wednesday Foundations call and get a lot of the dialogue and probate foundations technique. With that said, okay. depending on the number of probate leads you have, you may or may not want to use a dialer. We have uh, a whole bunch of people that do use a dialer. I find that normally anything under around 40 or 50 leads a month, um, you can do manually without much trouble work. 
certain lists manually and some lists with a dialer. Probate is a completely different call from what your expired and for sale by owner calls are going to be. Those are kind of Wolf of Wall Street boiler room type of call where you're just going for no. You're dialing, hey, you want to sell your house? No. Click. You want to sell your house? No. Click. You want to sell your house? Yes. Right. Okay. This one, um, you're really trying to identify pain points, and so you're leading in with statements of value and then opening the, the floor to the person to either share with you their experience or give you some resistance. So you're, it, it's a lot more of a, a nurturing and cultivating relationship. Uh, different style phone call on your first time. There does come a point with probate leads where you go into sales mode. It's normally after you've built some rapport where an expired or for sale by owner, you're going into sales mode right out of the gate because they're probably going to list a house and you need to get them listed with you before the next guy does. Probate, okay. it's about building the runway and having great credibility and rapport when they are ready to take off. Okay, well, see, and that 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 is one of the reasons that attracted this aspect to me because that's that is really where I I come from. I'm a sphere of influence person, and like I said, I'm trying to go into a multi-spoke situation. That part I get. What I'm hearing is you're saying that definitely needs to be more organic. I believe in my county that I'll be signing up for. I'll be getting at least a hundred leads uh, a month. Mm-hmm. That's doable. And to to, you can to do just that. piggyback on that, and part of the process that I'm in right now, do you could do you feel like that going down the route of dealing with probate and all of the situations there? Do you feel like that it could be transferred into those other spokes, expires and for sale by owners? Because that's what I'm finding now is there's still you're still dealing with frustrated people just in just it's being generated for different reasons namely being called 150 times and it's okay i'm the 150th person that's called what what is why would i even listen to you does that make any sense and can i is there is a way to focus in on like if you get it to land the plane here i guess if i get skilled with probate will will that skill me in yeah. Uh, notice of defaults <laughs> and expires and these other spokes. I, that, I guess I should yeah. have said that. To, okay. All right. The, the basically when we start teaching you dialogue and I don't want to I, I don't want to say scripts because they're really not. But these conversation principles, the principle isn't linear, and it, it's used based on the reaction of the person you are talking to. And of course, it's geared toward probate phone calls, but. I'll tell you that these principles, if somebody hits you with a really hard objection, the principle works whether it's an expired or a probate. If somebody okay. it shares a pain point, the principle that, that you plug in works regardless of whether it's an expired or for sale by owner or probate. So they're all going to be relevant on the phone. And this is, is definitely going to make you a better prospector in for sale by owner and expired. Obviously, okay. and I think that it, it doesn't go without saying, so I'll bring the point up. I think a lot of times your credibility when you get get on the phone with someone, no matter what source of lead it is, is vital. And so I believe that there needs to be some kind of a marketing effort where people at least recognize who you are, whether that be Facebook ads or email or direct mail, postcards, letters, things like that. When you get someone on the phone and they have, at least in the back of their mind, a little bit of 
of they've seen your name at minimum, it really warms that call up, especially in probate, but it'll help in your other sources as well. Okay. And David, I wanted to, to I want to make two comments. First of all, we'll have your account rep reach out to you and get you in that foundation's training. One thing you touched on that is I think is so important that very few people do is the accountability group. In my previous life, I was a real estate coach for about eight years, and the person I coached for charged realtors and investors were paying him a thousand dollars a month for a thirty minute call. Oh, don't even amazed, please don't even start there. <laughs> but it always amazed me. No, Bruce doesn't charge that much. Don't worry. It always amazed me how people people will make commitments to themselves and not feel bad about breaking them. But when they would come to the call and know they had to either tell me, hey, I made my contacts this week or I didn't, I did my homework or I didn't, people go out of their way to look good to other people. And what you touched on there, go to our Facebook group and set up accountability groups and just meet once a week and tell each other what you're committed to do. And then the next week, you all got to show up and say, I didn't or give your excuse. You would be amazed how powerful that can be. And it is. I would suggest everybody on the call do that. Set up your own little groups in our All the Leads Facebook group because it, it, it sounds like you've had some experience with that in the past, Dave. Yes, and, I, <laughs> and that's where I appreciate you uh, guys. I can sell ice cubes to an Eskimo as long as I believe in what I'm selling. And what I found out through, I believe in what I'm doing, but I, I found out where, I guess, uh, a hindrance for me, I don't believe in the way I'm doing it. Does that make sense? And so yep. I've overcome that. And like I said, I think that the, the way I hear you guys talking that I want to learn in that direction. And I'm just, I guess my question, the foundation of my question is that I don't want any more here. Drink this, smoke this, wear this, listen to this, <laughs> say this, and all your wildest dreams will come true. Vote Pedro. I just, I'm just, just, uh, is that, and if you don't, and if nothing happens and you go back and you say, I did this. And they say, oh, you just didn't do it long enough, hard enough, fast enough, slick enough, or whatever. And I don't well, hear you guys saying that. So yep. let, me give you, let me give you this. If I'm going to tell you or if any of us are going to tell you um, you didn't do it long enough or hard enough or fast enough, it's going to be in the beginning of your probate experience. I can tell the majority of people right out of the gate that they're going to need to put a good four to six months into a list to see close to the fullness of, of your conversion process. It, establishing the proper expectations are of how long you're going to be working with families to get them to trust you and convert. Because the, the reality with probate specifically is somebody they just lost somebody most of the time. Sometimes they file probate really late. I've seen years after the, their loved one passed away. But a lot of times right. it's usually a couple of weeks after whoever they've lost has passed away. And they're collecting bank statements. They're dealing with legal documents in the courthouse. They're finding debts. They're cleaning a house out. And who's going to cut the grass? And they're just doing all these things. And they need to know in the beginning that you understand what they're going through. And they also need to know that you're not there to pitch them and sell them and try to convince them to not go through that process. And many of them are going to take three or four or five months to get to the point where they're emotionally ready to sell their father or their mother's or their sibling's largest asset. And if you're there offering credibility and guidance and options throughout the process, you will get the business. 
doesn't always happen in month one or month two. But you're going to get it if you properly set up the plan and the expectation of how long you're going to be prospecting a, a family. Thank you. All right, sir. We appreciate you. We got the queues filling up, so let's move on to phone number ending in 6878. You're up next. How are you doing? What type of marketing can you put together if you're going to run some Facebook ads pertaining to probate? Facebook ads are going to primarily be more of a branding-oriented ad. Uh, a lot of times, and I've done this on several different occasions, a lot of times you need to have a big enough audience. If you have a list of 50 people, Facebook might not deliver that ad. They might, but they might not. So make sure that you have a large enough audience, and it should have some kind of a click-through. You need to offer something of value, whether that's a probate checklist or a vendor's list or a free home value, something like that. But I want you, even though you're offering those things, I want you to be aware that Facebook ad is probably going to be geared toward building credibility for yourself so that when you call and when you put mail in their mailbox, letter or postcard, they recognize you. That's the the power of running Facebook ads is the brand awareness and the credibility. What about also, if we look at regular what if what about if you just run in a regular Facebook ad pertaining to probate your niche of people that's in the situation right now? What type of information can you put in front of them? What wording, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, I was gonna jump in what I was gonna comment on. In the past what we have recommended, we've heard works is stand in front of your courthouse and just say, hey, I visit here every month. And the, the if the people are doing the probate themselves, they've probably been there. If not, stand in front of something that has your courthouse name and say, hey, it's Jim just coming to you live from the, the Calaloosa County Courthouse and wanted you to know that I'm here to help you with your probate. Make it something short and specific and then combine all the things that Bruce said, a call to action and something free that you're offering. But rather than just your picture, sometimes identifying them with the place where the probate is filed can be pretty effective. And Bruce, you had something you were trying to add also? I was actually just going to add the video content. And I do think that offering them something that if they click on the link in your ad, offering them some kind of a free probate checklist or a brochure or something of value. It doesn't have to be really substantial, but do give them a call to action, a reason to click on the, the, the link in your ad or to call you. But it's really important that you have the appropriate expectation with this. A Facebook ad is not going to, in and of itself, convince someone that you're the best person to sell their house with very often. Let me say that. It does happen. You need to also be doing your other prospecting and marketing, or you're just going to waste money. All right, sir. We appreciate it. Next up is phone number ending in 9585. You're up next. Uh, yes, hi. I was just uh, wanting to ask a quick question for you. So I was talking with a guy today as I was making my phone calls, and he, I saw that he had several properties, not just one, but uh, the one in question specifically that was on the Probate Plus was really, it was worth like $1.5 million. I called the guy and he said, well, there's really nothing to be done. This is all in an, an annuity and I don't really need any help at all. He's keeping it or something. So I was a little bit perplexed because I wasn't sure what he meant by that. Have you ever come across that before? And, and can you please explain to me what he would be needing an annuity for on this house and how he would be collecting money? It's starting to get into some complex financial, not advice, but 
technique here. So annuities are generally, if that property was pro is, is probably income producing and is probably managed by someone else um, speculating. So the odds are someone that's put their property into an annuity is not going to sell because it's normally income producing. Very few people do this. It, it's an insanely low number of people that have the financial sophistication to set things up like this. And I would argue that if they do have the sophistication to do it this way, they're probably not going to go through probate. So in the future, I would be really surprised if you ran into another situation like this. For now, we need to drill down with a person like this guy on what his what he was saying no to. Was he saying, no, I don't really need help cleaning the property out? Was he saying, no, I'm not going to sell? Was he saying, yeah, my attorney's so. handling I, the I legal aspect? About, yeah, I asked him about that. I said, any type of real estate services, if you even managing the property, selling it. I, I, we, we also have people that can help you renovate property or clean property. Is there anything that I could be of help to you with? And he said, no, nothing. This is an annuity property and everything's taken care of. I really didn't, like I said, I didn't really know how to answer it. And I wasn't sure what he even really meant by it. A simple solution without admitting you don't know exactly what that means would, you could say something like, so the property is rented. You have a long-term tenant in there. Ask a question. Is it, even though it's in an annuity and you may have a long-term tenant, is this something you think you might want to sell? When the lease is up, you know what I mean. You could ask you could ask generic questions like that that don't really give away whether you understand what he's talking about or not. Because I would assume that, and Bruce, correct me if I'm wrong. I would assume even if it's in an annuity, it's not something that couldn't change in the future. And for a 1.5 yeah. million dollar listing, you want to keep on touch of, on top of it. Yep. It, I want you to go back to the objection validation that, that I've mentioned a few times on this call. Is He gave you some resistance or an objection. Sounded like he did it in a pretty diplomatic and decent way. Just because he's planning on holding on to something today doesn't mean that it's never going to change or he's never going to need assistance. And so I would just say, hey, that's great. I always like to hear that someone has everything handled. I think sometimes that changes. I think would it be okay if we just kept in touch periodically just to see if, if anything has adjusted or changed? And and then you could always just shift over and say, and am I clear in understanding that you probably will not be selling any real estate? And just drill down. You need clarity. And a lot of the questions that we teach you guys to ask are fairly generic. They're designed to leave someone lots of room to go in a 100 different directions. When you're not sure what someone's going to do, you might want to get more specific with your questions. If I'm going to get specific, I'm usually not going to get specific out of the gate. I'm, I'm typically going to validate whatever it is that they've told me first. Okay. I appreciate okay. it. Appreciate it. All right. Next up is Mr. Pinnell. You're up next. Hey, guys. I just wanted to chime in on that the question about the social media Facebook ads. I yeah. see this a lot, and I see this a lot with realtors in general. They want to start with the, the easiest thing. They assume Facebook's going to be the – or social media. Let's YouTube ads, Google ads, whatever ad you do on social or online. We assume that they're going to be easy to do, and we could just hit a button and, and spend 50 bucks. That's not really where you need to start with probate prospecting or any prospecting because you need to have I'm just speaking to the whole audience here you got to you're going to get leads on social media and if you watch those click funnel guys and you watch those guys that 
have those funnels in play. They have systems that pick up the follow-up that you're not going to have if you start at social media and just spend 50 to 100 bucks. I, what I would recommend to the whole audience here is that you do your letter one, you do your call one, you do call two, call three. Use Facebook and social media and all the ads online wherever you want to put them as impression only. That matches everything that you have, your website, your calls, your letters. It has to match, like you said earlier in this call. And that's going to be where you, you're, you'll you go from uh, your calls will get probably three conversions a month. Combined letters, you'll probably get six or seven. With the impressions, you'll probably double at the 15 deals a month. So you got to have the money behind it and the follow-up and the action plan behind it. And I've been doing this for about two years now with probate, and I'm just now getting to the point where I got all my marketing in place, all my letters in place, all my calls, and now I'm doing the social media stuff. David, what you just shared was totally gold, and it's where where a lot of people, they want to fire a social media ad out for a month and look at the conversions and the leads just roll in. And the magic really happens when one someone calls you four months later and they say, I see you everywhere. Yeah. And I get your letters. I got your brochures. I've gotten your voicemails. I'm sorry I haven't been able to call you back. I see you on Facebook. I see you on Instagram email, different things like that. And it doesn't, you don't set it up all at once. And I also want to caution people that not to hold back on your calls and letters until you uh, don't hold back on those. If you don't have everything set up, it's fine. You can start with those foundational pieces. And then as David just mentioned, gradually build in your social media campaigns and your email campaigns and different things like that. You got to be okay with not expecting anything from the ad at first because it's going to only be an impression tool. Like you said earlier, is that you got to be in the back of their mind that you have a better option for them. And we come at them with all the options, listing, wholesale, uh, rental, we'll do everything to get the appointment. It always changes at the appointment anyways, whatever they say on the phone. It's just a matter of just, you can't focus there. That's uh, I heard that and I was like, no, no, stop, hold put the brakes on. Great. I mean, I've made that book on probate. I've done letters. I've done, geez, man, it's intense. And then you want everything to be where it's automated. I'm getting to the point where it's just automated, where it's going to go out regardless if I do it. And But the phone yeah, calls and letters. You, and yeah, you can't have a conversation years, with somebody right? on the phone to prospect these people. We don't need to start trying to get leads in to then have the conversation because you're going to fumble and screw it up. Great stuff, my friend. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, you're good. Don't ever apologize. You bring some great I know. I always ramble on. Powerful. Okay, good, guys. We have, we have one more in the queue. That'll bring us up nicely to the top of the hour. Last call is phone number ending in 7355. You're up last. Hey, my name's Young, and I, I thank you guys. There was a very interesting article that you guys sent over in regards to the best calling times. It was done by MIT and a collaborative with MIT. And the study itself was from Monday to Friday, the peak time to call someone for conversions and to connect with somebody. But they didn't mention anything about Saturday or Sunday. Do you feel it's a bad idea to call people on Saturday and Sunday? Bruce, I'll jump in on this one. And I'm Go sure ahead, Bruce Jim. has some comments too. We have, I haven't done a comprehensive study, but when I was an active prospector, I used to make 100 contacts a day. I would try somebody three times during business hours. And then if I missed them, I'd try like on a Wednesday night, from 5.30 to 7 o'clock, try not to interrupt their dinner, but make it brief. And probably my best follow-up times were about 10 to 1 on Saturday. And make sure you're calling the right time zone. Make sure you don't call somebody 10 a.m. your time and it's 7 a.m. in California. But no, I 
had very good success with Saturday calls. People are home, they're relaxed earlier in the day. They're not out yet. They're they're awake, maybe having their second cup of coffee. And I used to have very good success then. How about you, Bruce? Have you tried weekends? So your first point is make sure that the time zone matches up. My very first real estate lead ever was a million-dollar lead in a $150,000 average price point market. And I didn't pay attention to the fact that they were in Hawaii, and I called them at 9 a.m. Eastern time the next day. I can tell you I didn't get that deal. So check your time zones. <laughs> Normally, generally speaking, I, I want everyone to hear very plainly, very plainly, that if you are your worst during those MIT time zones, calls, call times, don't call. We want you calling when you're at your best. And uh, if you're distracted and you're not going to call and you're just holding your calls back until MIT said that you should call, you're not going to be very effective. So call when you're your best, number one. Number two is, as far as Saturdays and Sundays go, Sundays, I've tried Sundays. I've never really had a whole lot of success on Sundays. Saturdays, all I'm waiting for on Saturdays, and I haven't done a comprehensive study on this either, but I'm waiting on the the soccer parents to, to get out of their kids' activities, and I'm usually waiting until about 11 o'clock, and normally a couple of hours before and right after lunch are normally seem best to me and I'm going to I'm going to use that word theme. I have tried at all different times of Saturday and 11 to 1 seem to be the best times. Yep. Okay. I agree. 10 okay. to 1, 11 to 1, whatever works for you. Okay. That helps? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's the only question right. I had. So. Guys, awesome, awesome job as always. We can't say how much we appreciate all of you for showing up today. Particularly appreciate the seven or eight of you that actively participated. I want to remind all of you, come to our next uh, mastermind call with your win of the week and take one idea, one thought, one thing that inspired you on this call, go out and put it into practice, and please come back next Thursday and share your results with the group. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.